So anticipation, our whole life is full of anticipations, right? Anticipations. So we anticipate what? Christmas mornings. Everybody knows about that when you're a kid, right? That's fun. Good anticipation. New babies. Pretty new baby. That's a... Right. Halloween candy, anticipation. Uh, my, you know, one thing is I anticipated so much. And uh, you guys can make this happen again. I'm talking to my kids. But the pitter-patter of little feet on the floor, running to the door when I get home from work. Daddy's home. There was such anticipation. I don't even think people realize I walked in the house now. So, anyways. But financial, you know, financial things. You get it, you anticipate, it's raise time, you know, or what's my 401k look like today? There's an anticipation. Uh, opening day of deer season. Hey, shout out to all the deer hunters. I know what that's like. It's been a few years, but yeah. I think this year might be my year, year Paul. All right. Uh, let's see. A new fishing spot. I'm speaking for myself, maybe Mike. I think about fishing spots. I'm like, I get it all in my head. I hear about this. I read about it or whatever. Get all, oh, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And then just get skunked. For those of you who don't know, that means you don't catch anything. Um, so that, that, that can be a letdown sometimes. Kids going back to school. I know it's weird this year, but that's an anticipation. The kids are maybe excited, but the parents are more excited. Sorry. Maybe next year this will apply more. Uh, anticipation of kids moving out. Anybody ever been there? <laughs> Anybody been there? <laughs> I know. I'm not, in, I'm not excited yet. I still really love the whole, the whole thing. But I'm sure there'll be a time. I'm sure there'll be a time. Uh, but it could be as small as your first cup of coffee in the morning. The anticipation of that first cup of coffee. Oh, it's good stuff, right? All right, so we know what that means. Anticipation is actually the definition, the act of looking forward, especially with positive expectation. Uh, the Bible, do you know the Bible? I taught on hope a little, little while ago, but the Bible definition of hope actually includes uh, this word. It's to anticipate, usually with pleasure, ex expectation, or confidence. So anticipation is typically good. I mean, you could find all kinds of other negative reasons, uh, anticipation stuff, but we're going to talk about the good today, okay? So today we're going we're gonna to see that we should be full of anticipation to see God's plan and his purposes for our lives unfold as we journey together in our life. We're going to, we're going to, we want to build up some anticipation if you're not there, if you're like just floating around and not really with it. But we're going to, I'm not, we're going to walk through mostly Philippians chapter 3. And uh, we're going to see some things. So it should build some excitement in you. Maybe you feel like you're just kind of wandering. You're a, you're a wanderer, a vagabond. I don't know. But you're just kind of, you don't really... Know what's going on. But God's got some good things for you. Do you know that he thought about you before you even showed up on the scene? 
Yeah, he, yeah, he dreamed about you. He dreamed about us. And I'll bet you it was a good dream. Good dream. Let's go on and start reading in Philippians. This is chapter 3. We're going to read a few verses here lined right up. This is Paul. We all know this is Paul. Philippians 3.12 says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. So Paul's saying, I haven't, I'm not arrived. I'm not arrived yet, but I'm running with passion into the abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill. There's good news here. You have a purpose. God's no respect of persons. This goes for everybody within the sound of my voice. We have a purpose. And really good news, and I think people might think this may not apply to them, but God is not trying to hide his purpose from you. Right here, it says, Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. He wants us to discover the plans and the purposes that he's laid out before we even showed up on the scene. Psalm 139.16 says, You saw who you created me to be before I became me. This is out of the Passion Translation. It goes on to say, Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. There were books, book, books. Maybe it only takes one book per person. I don't know. It's probably a thick book. But there were books, book, books written about us. Full of God's plans, his purposes, his desires, his dreams for us, for each one of us. That's it. That gets me excited. It, it puts anticipation in my heart, I've, as I've followed the Lord, not always, we all know we have, nobody does anything perfect, but in our journey, if you're discouraged in your journey, keep walking. Just, I don't care what you feel like. This isn't about feelings. Keep walking. I just mentioned a few minutes ago, the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. He will guide your steps. I mean, I almost can't believe I'm standing here right now. Like just looking through my past, things I've experienced, things I've gone through, where I could be and where I am. And I mentioned this last week. Thank God. I might not be where I want to be. I'm not saying that about Karis Testament Church. But just in life, whatever, fill in the blank. Everybody's got their own thing. But you're not where you are were. You're not where you were. And put yourself in remembrance of where God has brought you from, what he has brought you out of, what he has healed you from, what he has restored you from. My heart has been restored over and over and over, and I'm sure yours has too. And maybe you're in need of restoration. 
Well, the same God who restored you from past whatever has not, will not fail you ever. So let's go on to, to chat, or sorry, verse 13. It says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. That's good. We learned about that a little bit last week. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. And how many of us keep repeating that vicious cycle of living in the past. I mean, whether it's your past regarding your upbringing and allowing the whatever you experience with that anchor you right down and hold you back, God wants to bring you out of that. He wants to break those chains. Um, I heard a simple statement by somebody about the past. Don't look back. That's not the direction you're going. I mean, you know, just a natural illustration. You don't drive in a car looking in your rear view mirror. And that's exactly the way our lives look sometimes. Constantly, I was constantly guilty. It's so stupid sounding now. It probably was stupid sounding then. But it's weird what I do for work right now. It aligns with what I wanted to do back in high school. I had a, this is a rabbit trail. Um, It may or may not apply. But I missed a geometry class. Um, I had to take a different one or something. And I was, it, it caused me to not get into a computer-aided drafting class in, at the skill center of the county that I, my school was in. I was so mad because I took all the drafting classes in school. I loved it, still do. And all of my friends who I took these classes with continued on and were able to get into that, and I was not. I ended up in stinking electrical technology. Sorry, Bob, electricians are awesome. (laughs) And Scott, no. But no, it was fun, but it it wasn't what I wanted to do. And you know what? I blamed every time something came up, like, I don't know, in in conversation, the context, I would always blame that moment. Like, as if it ruined my entire life. If it wasn't for that class screwing up, my schedule for Skill Center, my life would be so much better right now. And <laughs> I mean, it's laughable now. And one day, many, many years have gone by, I was sitting there doing my job, and I'm like, I literally work on CAD every day and de- design and whatever. It's like, this is funny. Like, if I would have known then at that moment what I that I'd be right here right now, not that I'm living the dream, but I enjoy what I do. It's so funny that something so silly, stupid, would anchor me down in, I mean, in reality, I was limiting God with my words, with my thoughts, and we'll get into that a little bit. But how many, how many different things have all of us done like that that are so really just, ridiculous, that have limited God and what he wants to do, the plans and the purposes 
and the design he has, uh, that he has made us. Can anybody relate to that? I, I probably went out way too long with, with that little illustration, but, uh, but just stop allowing the past to anchor you down, whatever that means. God is bigger than your past, way bigger. Verse 14 in Philippians 3 says, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. And the heavenly goal and the victory prize is the purpose you were designed to fulfill as stated in, in verse 12. Running. In 1 Corinthians 9.24, Paul tells us to run the race to win. To run, everybody runs a race. Everyone runs a race, but they run it to win. And, and Paul encourages us, run it to win. And guess what? You're not running against your brothers and sisters in Christ. You're running your race. You're running your race. And his yoke-destroying, burden-removing power, and that's what his anointing is, the yoke-destroying, burden-removing power of God that resides in you as a believer, as a, as a child of God resides in you. That is the power, Paul said a, a couple verses ago, or a verse ago, that he doesn't do it in his own strength. But it's by this anointing, the power of God. Then the word anoint means what? Anybody ever hear that? To smear, like, like when you, Fritz, when you, when you, you anoint your bread with butter, you smear that butter on just that thick man now i do that with peanut butter i used to get this cream cheese bagel and flint i don't even think they're around anymore pumpernick's bagel factory yeah i'd get a garlic bagel with olive cream cheese and i'd say put extra cream cheese on there and it'd be thicker than the bagel they anointed that bagel they they smeared that bagel but God has smeared you with his anointing. He has filled you with his anointing, his burden removing, yoke destroying power to bring you to the victorious place of his plans, his purposes, his design for you. That's exciting. He provides the fuel to keep going, and it's his anointing. It's his anointing. Philippians 3, 15 through 16 says, So let all who are fully mature have the same passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. And let us all advance together to reach this victory. Oh, sorry. Let me start over. Together to reach this victory prize, following one path with one Passion. And I pray, right? I pray for revelation to come to you, to come to all of us of our design and purpose, and that we would be gripped by the desire to carry out our purpose in Christ Jesus. I pray that that revelation would come to all of us. If you're wherever you're at in your journey in Christ Jesus, I pray that that would be something that God by his Holy Spirit would just reveal to you. You know, our lives should be encouraging as believers of Christ. Our lives should be encouraging others to join us in this journey, to run 
with us in pursuit of this purpose that God has given us, that is assigned to us. Do you believe that? I believe that. I mean, I be, how many times have you been encouraged by a brother or sister in Christ when you feel like, I'm just, I, I know I'm saved, but I feel so lost. But just that word, that word of exhortation from a brother or sister, a word from whoever you're listening to that's preaching or whatever. But as believers in Christ, we are supposed to be those encouragers, whether it's just modeling it, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm chasing God. I'm not going to stop. I, it looks weird right now. Maybe things don't look like I want them to, but I'm not going to stop chasing after God because he's got, it's a lot easier. I've said this probably two, th- two or three times in the last week, but it's easier, easier to steer a moving ship than one in the harbor, right? I love that. I, I love that little image, but it is. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep pursuing God. That, yes, I caught that. Dory, just, get, just keep swimming. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> it's so funny. So funny. I appreciate your sense of humor. All right, so let's go to Hebrews. We're reminded that we need each other, like I just, I just mentioned. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. That day, that day is coming. And that, is, that day is actually speaking of Jesus' return. Now, nobody can make your cho- Whoa, I almost fell over. Jeez. Did you guys feel that? I think it was a tremor. It was the Holy Ghost. Jeez, old Pete. All right, hold on. I'm going to hold on to this for a second. It's these glasses, these reading glasses. Throw me off. Is that, good? Is that a good excuse? All right. All right. So that would have been funny. That would have been a good story for you. Um, yeah, I still feel it's a Holy Ghost all over. Um, but nobody can make your choice for you. But uh, this, ver- this, this verse just resounds with the fact that we are, we are the body of Christ. No one is to be an island. We need each other. Whether you think that you're valuable or not, I mean, I have been, God has spoken to me through you at one time or another. Whether it's a post on Facebook or in conversation or whatever, God, God uses us to love each other, to love the world. His love is in us. We are, his love is shed abroad in our heart by Holy Spirit. And it is just like those rivers of living water we hear about. It's supposed to flow out of us and onto other people so they can taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I'd like to read one of my, this is probably one of my favorite quotes. It's so deep. There's so many levels, but, and I may be the only one that thinks this, but uh, there's so much truth in this quote, and I don't remember. 
I remember where I saw it, but I don't remember who actually said it. But does it really matter? You, will, you can quote me as making it up if you'd like. Um, you will never leave where you are until you decide where you would rather be. You'll never leave where you are until you decide where you'd rather be. And that could be in your position, your, just your current state, whether it's in your, your parenting role, your workplace, your relationships, your marriage, obviously your whatever. You'll never leave that place. Maybe you're not happy in certain places. Your things don't, don't look like God designed them to look. Well, until you decide where you want to be, you're going to stay there. I heard your subconscious mind is made to give reinforced ideas of the questions you have about yourself, of the thoughts that you think about yourself, and of the words that you speak about yourself. Let me give you a little bit of context of that um, example, question. Why do I stink at marriage? If you constantly ask yourself the question, fill in the blank. It could be anything. Your subconscious mind is going to speak things to support that wrong thinking, that wrong questioning. And it'll speak to you. Not You're not realizing it. You have created this thing in your head, your mind. And there are smarter people than me that can speak this much clearly, more clearly. Caroline, Dr. Caroline Leaf is one of them. And she's a, she's a brain scientist, doctor. Um, but your subconscious is going to agree with your words that you speak about yourself. Like, like if you're one of those people that says, I'm so stupid all the time. And when you go to do something, your subconscious is going to say, hey, idiot, you don't know how to do that. Remember, you're stupid. You say it all the time. Now, you can't hear that, but your subconscious is echoing your words and your thoughts. I heard this stuff from somebody way smarter than me. I'm just repeating it. And it helped a lot. Or maybe you're guilty of saying or thinking, I'll never have this. I'll never have this kind of a house. I'll never have this whatever. I'll never have this kind of a whatever marriage or fill in the blank. Your subconscious is going to agree with you. Do you want that? If you're speaking negative words of death over your relationships, over your life, you're speaking lack, you're speaking things absolutely opposed to what God's word says you can have, what you can walk in as his child. Do you want your subconscious to reiterate those death words that you're speaking or thoughts? I know it's a rhetorical question. No, of course not. So let me, hopefully that arrests your thinking. If you're quick to cut yourself down all the time, I'm guilty of it. Thinking I'm less than or whatever, I can't have or, you know, I, I, it's, it takes intentionality to choose your thoughts to choose your words, to line up with God's word. That's why there needs to be a a constant 
flow of the word of God in your life, in your ears, into your heart, because out of your heart flow all the issues of life. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. The overflow, what you put in your heart, what goes in your heart, what goes in your ears, what goes in your eyes. A constant flood. God's voice, God's word should be the biggest source of input in your life as a, as a child of God. As a child of God. If, if news is, you are shooting yourself in the foot. God's word, the truth of God's word should be paramount. The paramount source of, of, of information going into your heart like I just said, I think it's Proverbs or Psalms, forgive my not knowing. Out of the heart flow all the issues of life. If you don't like the issues in your life, coming out of your heart. Change what's going into your heart. Change what's going into your heart. But this, this really, really woke me up to know that our subconscious is We'll do this. It's like we program just a little. I mean, I don't know if it can be said a co-pilot or whatever, but it really made me take pause of how I was talking about myself, thinking about myself, how I was limiting God in my life. Thinking, I do not want to program my mind to automatically go in that direction or to limit my ability in any area or limit my dreaming. You know, God dreams big and he wants us to dream big and this will stop you from dreaming big. What does God's word, God's word instruct us to do? We've heard this before, this, this, uh, this scripture, we're going to go back to, to Philippians, um, very common, uh, repeated scripture. Um, this is out of the passion translation. It, it all has been truthfully. Um, Philippians 4, 8, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, fill your minds with beauty and truth. That doesn't seem to coincide with the news. Uh, meditate on whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure. I'm spitting a lot. Whatever is lovely, whatever is good, whatever is virtuous, and whatever is praiseworthy. So this is what we are to fill our minds with. And I believe, going back to the word anticipation, I believe that as we choose to fill our minds with this, our anticipation will build on, on, on God's goodness, being aware of God's goodness in our lives. I, I believe that. Of his goodness overtaking us all the time. I believe that as we change our thinking, which should affect our speaking, which should affect our results, which should raise our hopes, our hopes should be in God. Psalm 139, 17, 18 says, every single moment you are thinking of me. That's not an over, that's not an exaggeration. That's not, hyperbole. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Can you wrap your head around that? 
that this is God about you. No matter how, what you think of yourself, God cherishes you constantly in his every thought. He says, oh God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I wake each morning, you're still with me. And I've, I've read this verse plenty of times, but when you are sleeping, God is just, just picture him doing this. He's just watching you sleep, thinking about you, loving you. His love is pouring out on you. He can't stop thinking about you and he can't wait till you wake up. And he wants you to pursue him. As we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desire of our heart. As we choose to, to delight in him, not in stuff, the desires that he has for our life are going to go into our heart. Those desires are going to lead us in those plans, in those purposes that he has for our life. He's got this thing all figured out. If we, I pray, Holy Spirit, will reveal to you how crazy, madly, as Keith Green said, bananas, that in love Jesus is with each and every one of you. And how much he longs for you to follow in his plans and his purpose for your life. Because that's where the ultimate satisfaction that you're looking for lies. His design for you is where your satisfaction is. Pursue him. God's anticipation for you is to win, is to win your race. He's hopeful. He's given it everything you need to be victorious. He's filled you with his Holy Spirit. You are as righteous as Jesus. He's finished the work. He's given you faith. He's given you joy. He's given you his peace. that The world didn't give, Jesus said. Holy Spirit's in you. You're in Christ. Christ is in you. You're seated in high and heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I don't know how much better this can get. <laughs> I saw somebody use an envelope one time to illustrate that. And it was so cool. Like an envelope and then Holy Spirit goes in that envelope and then that envelope goes in another envelope. That's Christ. And then it's, yeah. We're just enveloped with God. We can't. We're not going to get it. Just give up. If you're trying to run, just give up. You're, you're going to lose. Run your race, race to win. So let your, yeah, let your anticipation. I'm, we're, we're coming in for a landing. Real quick. It's a short landing. But uh, having anticipation, having that hope, should lead us to this thinking right here. That the best is yet to come. And that lines up right with where Pastor Chad is going to take off uh, when he takes back up on his series that I believe is coming to a close soon. But anticipation is believing 
the best is yet to come. Bible hope is always an intense expectation. I know things look crazy. I know things look wacky and weird and evil and whatever. But I still believe the best is yet to come. Because the kingdom of God has not stopped growing and it will not stop growing. I, yeah. This is, this is the moment I've heard people say this. I haven't talked to anybody in heaven about this. But I've always heard this reiterated by various people. Throughout the history of the world, all of those, all the children of God have desired to live in the moment living in. They wanted to be in this moment. I mean, they're in the moment that God designed them to be in. And, and guess what? God said, you are going to work out best right now. He can do more through you right now than he could at any point in history. You have a divine design for this moment on earth to be effective, to be the brightest light for him, to be the greatest voice for him. That's exciting. So if you're thinking little about yourself, think bigger. God chose you for this moment, for this moment. That's exciting. His grace is on you to live victoriously. So anticipate that every day. Can you do that? I can do that. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. Lord, we ask you to awaken us with your spirit, Lord, to be people of anticipation, anticipation of good things, that the best is yet to come because our God is the best. We thank you, Father God, that your hand of favor and blessing is upon us to live out a victorious life in this day and this age. You have chosen us for now, and you have equipped us for now. You have enabled us to live victoriously right now. And Lord, I pray that you would just remind us of all of us, the truths that we've heard today from your word, Lord. And that we would never stop. We would never stop taking those steps toward you. Pursuing you. Because you pursued us first. You're always in pursuit of us. We just heard that you never stop thinking about us, Lord. And we thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy, your peace. Your guidance, your wisdom, Lord. In every arena, every area of our life. And I pray, Father God, that this this that we heard earlier today about this worship event in Washington, D.C. in a few weeks, that there would just be an igniting. Lord, you, you, you spoke to me and, and reminded me that you inhabit the praises of your people. And I pray that on the airwaves, Lord, in, in the digital airwaves, every form of, of media that, that links up to this event, that your presence would just permeate the atmosphere of all who are witness to this. 
And that they would see your goodness. That you are truly the answer that everyone can't seem to find. You are the answer to this, these problems. You are the answer. You're the healer. You're the deliverer. You're the restorer. And I thank you, Lord, for restoring this nation. I thank you, Lord, that your people are being awakened every second of every day. And that we will rise victorious and proclaim our freedom in Christ Jesus. And Lord, I just pray a blessing over my brothers and sisters. And I thank you again, Holy Spirit, for just leading us into all truth. That greater is he who is in us than he that is in this world. The enemy has been defeated. You have overcome the world, Lord. And we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us and gave himself for us. May we leave out here with that attitude, with that courage, with that knowing that everything we need is in us already in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.